Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and uh, today we're going to be talking about last Saturday's game over at Oakland, the tie 1-1 match uh, against Oakland Roots. So before we get started uh, today talking about the game and much more, uh, let's go ahead and introduce uh, everyone here on the show today. First, I want to go to our uh, special guest joining us here tonight. He was actually at the game and he'll be giving us more of his uh, recount on how it went and what the game atmosphere was like. Scott Bradford, also known as uh, Villain Vijev's number one fan. Welcome to the show, man. How's it going? Hey, Luis. Pretty good. You know, just went to a little match on the weekend. <clears throat> it was nice, you know, have that close. I think I was only an hour and a half drive, if that. So, I mean, I don't have to do a six hour trip down to LA or anything. So, it was nice and convenient. Yeah. Although that trip is probably happening uh, later in June, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Cool. Uh, well, yeah, thanks and welcome again to, to the show. Welcome. And let's go ahead and introduce our, our two co-hosts here on State of the Republic. First, uh, let's go over to Elk Grove with our podcast mom, Sharon. How's it going? Hey, it's going great. Yeah, right in right here in Elk Grove. And welcome, Scott Bradford, to State of the Republic podcast. This is going to be so much fun to get your ideas and, and your insight on the happenings around the pitch when you got there and you and Chrissy both. So it must have been fun at Blue's Clues Field because it sure looked just like we expected it to look with the stripes. So excellent. And everything is going really good for me here. Um, Luis, you sound a little snotty, but I know you're recovering from a summer cold. So let's hurry up and get that thing out, knocked out of the way. Um, and Jared, kicking it to you. I'm uh, just uh, glad to have had a three-day weekend. Uh, kind of wish the result went a little bit better, but uh, other than that, uh, now it's just uh, on to this coming weekend and possibly the most hated match uh, this year, more, more than likely. But other than that, doing excellent. It's in the 90s, so it's actually pre- pretty chilly here. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, can't we wait to get into it. We all muted ourselves. We're laughing our heads off when you say it's in the 90s and it's chilly there. We had all, we're all on mute, but we were all laughing at that comment. That was good. Well, I mean, compared to how it's probably going to be in July or August, I mean, <laughs> and, and once again, thank you for, for uh, stopping by here, Scott. Always great to have you on here. Just to re- remind everyone, uh, if you're not following us on social media yet, uh, then we invite you to do so. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at State Republic 12. Uh, we're going to be doing more live shows throughout the season, as well as a uh, live town hall happening this Friday to talk about this Saturday's game. So uh, head on over to our socials to find out more about it. Um, I don't really have the exact timing of it right now, but it will be on Friday. Uh, so go check it out so you could uh, join us there for conversations about all things uh, San Antonio for Saturday. Also, we do have a website that I'm currently working on uh, now that we actually had our amazing photo shoot with the scarves that you guys saw a couple of months ago. Uh, we're going to be having that as well as uh, some little short bios on who we are so you get to know more about us and about how the show got started and if you want to, so you can listen to a show on the website versus having to go through an app, uh, just another option for everyone out there. But uh, I'll be having more details on that. Hopefully by the next show, uh, it'll already be live and and whatnot. But I will be announcing on the socials once uh, we have that website ready. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Golazos of Gratitude. And by the way, and this I'm not certain of this too, but... In all likelihood, it probably will be since it's already a segment that we have ongoing, you know, for a really while at this point. We're going to have a song for Golazos of Gratitude playing in the background. So that way, you know, people could hear it and be like, oh, Golazos of Gratitude are, are coming through uh, just as uh, Jared has the uh, USL and Soul Mystery song as well. So uh, just a heads up for everyone if, if you hear music that's that's what what'll be the the theme song for Galals of Gratitude but uh, let's go ahead and go with that uh, and first uh, Scott I want to go with you if you have any uh, Galals of Gratitude you want to share with everyone then feel free to do so and then feel free to pass it along to uh, whoever you'd like on here afterwards 
Yeah, just a small one, actually. It really surprised me probably today and yesterday. I've already heard from 10 of my friends that want to make that L.A. trip with me to the Open Cup. For me, that's huge. I usually go alone or with one person. So I like to see, you know, people taking part, you know, people get interested because, you know, it's always hard to get, you know, people to come out to the game sometimes, at least on my end. Yeah, I think go alone or with like, like Chrissy or something like that. But to have like that many people interested, it shows the sport's growing, that people are taking notice. I think this is what the team needed to take that next step in like, okay, this, this is a legit team. They're playing, you know, LA Galaxy. I mean, you're playing Chicharito. I mean, that's a whole new exposure, you know, so um, I really want to give a big props to, you know, all my friends who are going to take this journey with me and uh, I don't have to do it alone this time. So uh, it'll be good to have people around me from Sacramento that are cheering for Sacramento. So, but I'll uh, kick it over to Jared. Well, uh, unfortunately, not, not many uh, uh, soccer-related glasses of, of uh, gratitude, but uh, get, given the condition of my foot at the moment, thanks to the New York trip, I got to give a big shout-out, a big uh, glasses of gratitude to Del Taco for delivering me dinner last night at like 9 p.m. or so, and I know everybody's got their preferences about Del Taco or Taco Bell or anything like that, but if they're going to deliver that late in the evening in the clutch, you know... Yeah, forget it. Forget it, bad. They 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 got my glasses of gratitude. I mean, they they definitely helped out. Uh, I think that's what 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 I have right right for now. I'll go ahead and let's see. Should we save the uh, the big surprise for last, or you know what? We'll go ahead and do that. We'll go ahead and give it to Luisa next, and we'll we'll save Sharon for for the last one. Yeah, that that's a good idea. Yeah, because Sharon's got a. A really big one too, and then I'd rather her save the best for last, right? As, as they say, I think for for mine. Uh, and Sharon was on point right earlier. Like I, I was sick a couple of days ago, and I'm still trying to recover from this cold. And luckily, it's not COVID, so I, I'm glad that it's not. Uh, but I think <laughs> shout out to uh, Advil. I'm not a big like medicine person. I, I try to avoid him if possible, but. When you got really strong colds or, you know, when I had COVID uh, earlier in the year, it's what helped me get through it. And uh, luckily they have it because as you all know, you could sometimes get really intense headaches. And so uh, shout out to them for for being around and and for it being something that I could actually uh, take and all that. So great stuff. And and I'm glad that I'm here and uh, I'm doing much better because uh, we would have recorded this two days ago, but no one would have been able to actually hear me and Sharon would have probably been stuck with the uh, hosting duties and all that too. I still would have done editing. Don't worry, but I just could not speak. So <laughs> I, I won't say anything else, Sharon right now for Golaz of gratitude. Cause I really want to hear yours and, and I'm sure yours is going to be the, the best one uh, out of all of ours here. I actually like Scott's and I want to piggyback on Scott's, you know, because are we going to rent like the party bus? Cause your car is not going to hold your 12 people, your, <laughs> your 12 friends, unless you can figure a way to like tow a trailer illegally with people stuck in the trailer or whatever. I don't know, but I think it's great. If I can go to LA, if I'm cleared to go, I'm going, I mean, I'm, I just don't want to not go. I want to go, but I have to get clearance. I might not be cleared for travel. Cool. It it would be great to see everybody there. Scott, it would be so much fun. We've had when we went to Livermore that one time, uh, that was a blast. We had we over we over we were louder than the Oakland fans when we were in Livermore. But I mean, granted, it was Las Positas College on a postage stamp size field, but whatever. So let me get to my galazes of gratitude now that I mentioned Scott a million times. Do you want to say something about your how you're yeah. Just really quickly, um, just for anyone who's interested, it's a uh, $117 round trip from Sacramento to Long Beach. So they're cheap if you want to make the trip. Uh, and then just, I think there's a Hampton Inn like half a mile away. So walking distance. So you don't have to take an Uber or anything. So you can do the whole thing for probably like $200 after you get your tickets. So, I mean, I don't want to hear people say I can't afford it. So, I mean, it's very reasonable, probably most reasonable one we'll have from here on out. So. It's a good little fine, good old Southwest coming through. Sounds super reasonable. Yeah, Yeah. no, I think it's great. I think it's great. I think uh, anybody who's wanting to go, uh, just uh, look up Scott Bradford. You know, he's always on social media with us, but DM him. Um, He's kind of 
getting a critical mass going from fans, you know, from our side of the shop. And who knows? You never know what Sacramento Republic's going to gin up as far as, hey, maybe they will do a bus. You just, oh my God, wouldn't it be fabulous if we could just all just ride in the comfort of a bus on the way down instead of paying $117 round trip, just sleep on the bus on the way down, sleep on the way bus on the way back. That'd be cool. But I don't know. Just putting it out there. Connor, have you guys talked about that yet? Okay. Um, <laughs> so my goal also is a gratitude besides. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Elsa. <laughs> I, I, I was just kidding earlier too. Uh, I, let me actually mention one more goal of gratitude now that you oh, also mentioned. Just that kidding. Too. He said it was just kidding. <laughs> Folks, oh, I, I, he <laughs> took it back. He took the microphone back. It's your turn. <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to Scott and I think just fans like Scott with Sac Republic who are doing all these things right uh, for, for the team and who make the trips out there for all these different games that we have because you guys are encouraging other people to not only just go to games right but go to away games which is where we want to have also great support and you know it's because of fans like you that you know really make our fan base stand out when you know, we, people are watching games of ours that are away, right? Because we know that a lot of the USL fan bases uh, don't really go to away games as much, right? Unless they're like, you know, maybe within two, three hours of where they're at, but not really most of the time the case for other fan bases. But you see fans like ours, like all throughout, right? Like Jared went all the way to New Jersey to watch our game over there. And so that's not something that, you really see at least when I'm watching other teams play, I don't really see their fans you know, actually traveling. So shout out to you guys for, for doing that. And, you know, no matter how much you spend on that, it's still, you know, it still takes time out of your uh, busy weeks to, to go out there. So, all right, back to you, Sharon, here you go. I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just throw the mic across the desk. Since we only have one microphone amongst us, I'm kidding. We're not that broke kidding <laughs> so today uh, okay i'll just go st- i'll cut straight to the chase i contacted Keko. a friend of mine wanted to get some training sessions going for um her kids she's got tatiana who's 15 and then a son uh links who is seven i want to say and she asked me and i know roro does private training i know a lot of the guys do private training but i reached out to one of my favorite guys Keko, to ask him if he does private training he says no he doesn't however if, and he was in this, we're just texting essentially. And he's like, in his way of writing, basically he wants Damia to, you know, cause Damia does private trading. And I was thinking to myself, oh my goodness, my girlfriend, Adriana, her kids both understand and speak Spanish. How perfect is this? Cause she does, she's bilingual. And I, I was like, oh my God, this would be so fabulous. Guess what? They're hooked up. There's going to be private trading. Damia's first session, you guys is free. And I just, I'm over the moon and I'm actually going to go watch the first private training session with my girlfriend, Adriana and her two kids. And her husband is an old friend of mine. Um, He used to work for me years and years ago. Now he's like a fabulous guy, but just, just the fact that the guys were just open and Keko was just so open to help me organize it. Massive Galazzo gratitude to Keko and to Damia. And, you know, I've I've got a note into a couple of the other players, but they haven't gotten back to me yet if they do private training, because you can pick and choose some of the players if you want a private training session. And I think these guys live close to Elk Grove. I don't know where all the other guys live, so it'll be, you know, whatever. And in the summertime, kids are off track or off school. So after training sessions, which are right at CRC College, because Seven Server College the players can just easily get into Elk Grove because my friend lives in Elk Grove and so do I. So it's just like, it was just like, I Galazzo gratitude over the moon. Thank you so much. That was my Galazzo gratitude. What do you guys think of that? that? That's awesome. I'm really glad that, you know, he's willing to do that. And I mean, he speaks Spanish, they speak Spanish. So it's like, it's, it was meant to be. It's really great when our former players or current players now um, do these kinds of trainings and you know when they get back to the community like that it's it's really great I can only imagine like as a you know 10 year old getting trained by a professional soccer player is, is something else it's not something that a lot of 10 year olds could say so well and I recall when Villian was doing and Scott you remember this when Villian was doing private training sessions the kids loved it 
And, you know, it just increased, number one, his popularity, his fan base was like monstrous. Same with James Kiffey. When they train these kids, there's a bond that gets created that doesn't ever go away. Um, my friend Barry, who's a season ticket holder, he basically is like one of James Kiffey's best adult friends, besides me, of course, and Matt LaGrosse's dad. But anyhow, um, I'm kidding. But so so it really helps the team. It really helps the squad when these guys can get into the community and train these kids. Yeah, they, they pay. The kids pay for it or the parents pay for it. But at the end of the day, they create these everlasting bonds. And I'm just so excited. I'm, I'm over the moon, thrilled that a girlfriend of mine with her kids are going to be getting trained by, by Damia. That's just excellent. And the help from Keko. Excellent. Good stuff. Woo! Awesome. Well, yeah, that was a really great colossal gratitude out, out to, to them. So I have one more uh, announcement I want to make here before we uh, dive right into the game. And that is actually that if anyone listening uh, either does this or, or knows someone who would be willing to do this, um, we are looking for uh, a volunteer, I want to say, right? Because we, we again, we're basically a nonprofit. We're not making money off the podcast or anything who would want to volunteer their videographer uh, services and help us out with some ideas that we have for shooting video, especially uh, during game days and whatnot. Uh, and also outside of game days as well, we do have other ideas in mind. Uh, I, I would usually do it, but we get pretty busy here and we have other things going on as well. But if there's anyone out there who is really good with video, whether you're good at taking video or uh, doing video editing as well, just, uh, Shoot us a message, let us know, uh, and you know we would be more than happy to talk to you and see if we could uh, incorporate you onto our team. Again, this is voluntarily a thing, but you would be helping us uh, grow the podcast. And again, our mission here on the show is to uh, grow the sport in the Central Valley and also grow the Sac Republic fan base as well. So uh, help us out with that, and it, it would really be beneficial for us to have more uh, video content outside of our uh, live shows that, that we do here on the podcast on social media. All right. Well, let's get right to the game. And uh, first, as I usually like to do when we have guests here who, who were at games, uh, I want to start with you, Scott. If you give us your take on what the game atmosphere was like, uh, how was it just getting there, parking-wise, uh, you know, entering the stadium, crowd-wise, just to tell us all things we didn't see on TV. <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, getting to the stadium, um, I'd been there before, so I kind of knew where to go. Um, the first time I went, drove around a little bit. Uh, I went with my friends. They actually drove. So it was a little bit of a hassle. Um, there's no signs for parking. You just got to park across the street from the college. And um, what they don't not necessarily tell you, you go on basically a little mini hike before you even get there. You got to go across the street down to like this park along the river then you kind of come up up to the college then you got to walk down the street into the college which is i mean i don't mind it but for someone who maybe has someone elderly with them um baby stroll or something like that you have to actually go down a physical hill and then go up a hill just to get to the stadium so that's just from the parking lot so um they have a really good layout um for being a new team they have it pretty together um you know, they have the merchandise, they have food trucks, everything's there. They have music playing um, and you got it. You know, it's not going to be like a, a Republic one or uh, some of these other nicer clubs like Orange County, like, but it's, I mean, they're doing what they can at a community college. So uh, kudos for them for that. Um, we sat in general admissions. So uh, like we sat last time, actually, we had been to a game there before. I think there was one we did play last year. Um, it was afterwards they invited us back and we got free tickets. So we did go um, back there last year to play on that field. Cause I remember seeing it for the first time in person. And I thought what everyone else thought I was like, Oh boy, that's interesting turf. So, but this time what they have done, they, um, they put field seating. So you can pay, I think maybe $50. You can sit literally on the sideline, which is like advertisement boards in front of you, which they put up now. So you can't see the sideline. So that's, I guess I would say is a negative. And basically from uh, Chrissy also came with me as well. We had a few other fans with us, probably about 30 of us in that section. Um, one interesting thing we did have an issue with was they would not let us display Republic flags. Um, this is the first stadium I've ever been to where I've been told, oh, you can't have those. I'm like, 
What? Interesting. So I've been to about what? I've been to about six or seven other stadiums, USL stadiums. I have never had an issue. Um, this is the first time, so it was kind of a shock because we were in the front row. Um, I did have it draped over the railings. So maybe that was an issue, but they're like, no, you can't even display it. And I had a guy also, another Republic fan with the same flag next to me. He got the same talking to by a security guard. So what they said is you need to go over there in that corner where the supporter section is, I guess. And where you, you're not on TV, you can barely see anything. And I'm like, no, I paid full price for these general mission tickets. I'm staying right here. They're like, okay, we just ask that you don't display the flag. I'm like, interesting. And God bless Chrissy's heart. She's a PE teacher. You can hear her from a mile away. She let them have it. So uh, I guess the security guard is pretty rude to her and uh, also the guy who said next to me, his girlfriend. I mean, they both stormed off and they went and got somebody. They, you know, went and got management, I guess. So, but I was like, you know, big deal. So I folded up to put the flag away. But, you know, right when they scored, I'm whipping that thing out. But it just was really interesting. They said no flags and we couldn't get an explanation or anything about it. So I was, I just really kind of want an answer of why now are we, it's something so harmless, so basic. It's just a red flag with the Republic logo on it. It's nothing offensive. It's nothing political. So that was just kind of my own setback from that night, but everything else was, was uh, pretty enjoyable. Actually, we had lots of fans around us, uh, good banter, but problem is Oakland doesn't really have many fans. They're just kids that show up from the college or just like people are like, Hey, I need something to do tonight and go drink. So yeah, we had some people who didn't even know what VAR was. So it, it was pretty sad. So um, yeah, but otherwise, I mean, it was a great, you know, you're close enough to the field. You can hear the players, you can see the pace, you can see everything. We were on the side where, you know, uh, Felipe scored his goal. So that's always nice. But um, they do have, like, these big speakers so you can hear, like, the announcer. That, like, took away, like, I couldn't see the corner flag at all. So, I mean, that kind of was a negative. But also, I wanted to be front row. So, that's kind of on me as well. But otherwise, um, you know, they're, fi- they're they're coming along. Besides, you know, like I said, the, how the field is, it's definitely smaller than it should be. But otherwise, um, I think they're making progress. And, you know, if they can get their own place, um, I think they can do great things with it. They actually they have the interest there. Um, and that place looked pretty much almost sold out. So there was no gaps in seats. So, uh, I think that they're on the right track. They just got to tweak a few things is all. Who was louder? Our supporters section or theirs? Well, I would say probably ours, but I was also sitting closer to ours as well. <laughs> Oakland's at the far end. Their whole chant, um, catalog consisted of, uh, three words, let's go Oakland. And that was it. I didn't hear any other songs, nothing. It was Let's Go Oakland, clap, clap, clap. Maybe seven or eight times during the whole match, but that was it. So I'm like, that's something else maybe they might want to want to work on. They're used to baseball games where the organ is playing in the background. You know, that stuff. So, you know, they had the Oakland A's for the longest time. Now they have another team. It's like, how do we adjust? Yeah, so I was, I was just kind of interested. That was kind of interesting. Like, uh, Christy and I both noticed that. I'm like, is this the same song we just heard maybe two minutes ago? So, I mean, that's just something to jab at them about. But they did have their support section. I did see, like, when they scored their goal, uh, they set off into little smoke bombs or whatever. And they, they had their flags, of course. So that's allowed. But um, they set off their smoke bombs, whatever. But I guess that's not even permitted there as well. So it's like, huh, good old Bay Area where you can't really do anything. So um, that also was just, kind of kind of caught my eye so but otherwise um it was cold yeah that's i wasn't used to that so but otherwise i i think it was a successful trip oh well that flag thing uh, we're gonna have to get you an answer for that too we'll have to maybe tag the team and find out what's going on with that because it's it is pretty ridiculous that you can't display your team flag like you said right it's nothing offensive it's just you're just an away fan trying to like support your team and they i don't know they, they might think it's okay or what or i'm sure each venue has their own rules but they, they just they need to adapt to the general unspoken <laughs> rule right like we, no one really ever bans that at any other stadium yeah when i was told you can't bring a flag like on a like a pole or anything where you got to like register with the team ahead of time or something like that because we did have some 
on polls and everything, but they went over to the supporter section. But when it's just by itself, uh, that's never been an issue. So uh, we just got around with it. You know, I gave it to Chrissy to, hey, pretend you're cold, wrap it around yourself. So that way, if we do score, we just throw it up or whatever. So we had our ways of semi displaying it, but I think it was for TV purposes. They didn't want it to look like, because the camera was facing right at us. So I'm pretty sure they didn't want it to look like if you have, if you allow that, then you got all these other teams displaying their colors and everything. And it makes your team, your home field advantage look, I guess, less than what it is. So they just said, ah, oh, let's get rid of all of them. So, but that's definitely new for this year. Cause last year I did the exact same thing, never had a problem. So, but I did have someone at halftime come up when I was out on the concourse, uh, an official actually, you know, he had his radio and everything. He apologized personally, cause how can you miss me? Um, so he's like, I heard about what happened. I saw, you know, our security guard acted out of line. I want to personally apologize and uh, tell your friend, I personally apologize as well. We're going to work on uh, fixing that. So they did acknowledge it. So maybe, you know, a message to the team or anything might not be necessary, but, but it was heard by somebody of authority at least. Okay. That's good. It's always great to hear that they've actually uh, take, you know, action into others actions and that they actually address it there on the spot is even better that way you don't have to deal with it later but if that's how they look at it i mean <laughs> i would invite them to watch the game we played against new york red bulls too and and see that uh our logo was pretty prominent right as jared knows really well <laughs> so, oh yeah yeah you know, i mean uh, i mean granted mine was just a beach towel and then again <laughs> there was only 201 people there and I had it well enough time before kickoff to kind of commingle with, you know, security, you know, they, they saw, you know, search my bag and everything like that. So I had a towel and everything. So they were perfectly cool with this. So I, I'm just glad that someone there at uh, Laney stadium actually uh, came up to you and, and apologized and offered to rectify the issue because I know usually security is supposed to be uniform, be on the same page, but it's just really odd that that one particular guard just for some reason decided, Oh, you're not going to sh- show your flags here. We're, we're going to sh- shove you all the way over here and everything like that. It's like, why? I mean, just like you said, I mean, with all the other stadiums uh, that, that you've gone to, that I've gone to, they've had no issue with you know, things like that. I mean, the worst case scenario, you have to get it pre-approved like uh, so many days before kickoff or anything like that. And, and even then, if it's within certain dimensions or whatever, but you know, for that security guard to be, to be, uh, to be an ass about it. I mean, that just takes away for the game experience, not only for, for visiting uh, fans, but could potentially do it for home fans as well. No, I wonder if Jared brought his towel, if they would also say, like, we don't allow a weight towel. <laughs> now, now I want you to try it out, Jared. Next time you're in Oakland watching a game uh, that we play, you got to bring that towel. And <laughs> Well, it's definitely coming with me to, to um, Monterey next month. I, I'll, I'll put it that way. And see, they're a new club, and I, I, they're probably cool with it there. So, go figure, right? But we'll we'll see, right? I'll I'll be bringing a flag as well, Sharon. You you may be bringing your flag too, but we'll, we're bringing flags. They're they're a new club, but they have a lot of experienced people. They have Frankie Allop. I mean, come on, the guy's been around the horn a bunch, so he may have something to say about how things are. <laughs> and I can understand etiquette. You know, I I get it. I get etiquette. You know, supporters are where the supporters are supposed to sit. And, you know, you otherwise you just have your scarf or whatever. Scarves are fine, right? Flags are a little too big and they belong in the sport. I get that. But um, there's a way to do it nicely. And if it wasn't done nicely for you guys, then, you know, that's that's not that's not fun. It doesn't make fun. It doesn't make for a fun time. Anyhow, where are we? Yeah. And if it was like. Oh, there's last thing, like, like you guys are pointing out, security needs to be on the same page, too. So I went with my clear bag and everything like you're supposed to. So I just had a jacket and a flag and it was there right on top. So if you notice, you know, it's a flag, that's when you need to be like, okay. You can't display this, but I'm sure, you know, they're just like, okay, no guns, no knives, you're good. So it's like, um, they could probably could have gotten caught earlier, but um, I don't want to make, uh, you know, a mountain out of a molehill. So it's like. All right, now you know for Oakland, I'm definitely bringing it to Vegas, and I've already had a not a run in with them, but you just can't hang it over any advertisement boards. That's the big thing mm-hmm. with them; they want all their advertisements to be seen, which I I'm cool with that. So um, yeah, definitely bringing that one to Vegas, though. That one must have changed recently as well, because for that match, I, I did have my towel hang over the board, 
So <laughs> I'll just have to watch that if I can go to Vegas. And so far I have seen some good deals. So it might happen for me. It may just be a one nighter, but I might make that match. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that that was taken care of. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, take a look at, at the game itself and what happened in this match. Again, we we were up uh, 1-0 and then we got tied closer to the end of the match. Uh, so in a 1-1 draw, uh, we had 20 shots versus Oakland's 14 shots. And out of those 20 that we had, seven were on target and Oakland had four that were on target. So pretty decent on the like shooting front, right? Especially for us playing away and, and not just that, right? But uh, coming from uh, Wednesday's amazing victory and, and some of these players here uh, saw minutes right on Wednesday as well. So hats off to them for uh, going away and, you know, getting uh, plenty of shots uh, a couple of, just a couple of days after that game. But let's go ahead and take a look at that first goal happened uh, from a corner kick and Luis Felipe just had an open unmarked opportunity and he made it curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this too. We don't always get uh, corner kick goals, but Luis Felipe made his presence known again too. And uh, the, the guy's on fire, right? I mean, we saw him score last Wednesday against San Jose earthquakes and he's, He's getting the goal again. So you said, Scott, that it happened like right in front of you or it, it was it was your side. Um, did it look as spectacular for you? I mean, like, were you certain that it was in when all that could you see it? it you know, could you see it exactly? Or did you have to look at the replay on the Jumbotron? How did well, that I go? Had to, I had to basically tilt my head just a little to the left to get in front of their excellent uh sound system but um no i got to see it like they took it from our side and everything i couldn't see who scored it but i mean then obviously he comes running out with his arms up you know he scored it so to me but from where i was sitting it looked like you know right place right time like you know tapping balls loose so those are like cleanup goals you should get you should always get those so um it's good that he's you know, just sometimes just the way it is, the right place at the right time. And like I said, he's been on fire lately. I uh, got a nom, he got team of the week uh, this week. So, I mean, he's being acknowledged for it. I mean, in a tie. So, um, he's, he's doing the right things, right place, right time. Um, I'd like to see more of obviously, we had him at the beginning of the year headers from like our defenders, like Desmond, Casey, like our big guys have a presence and they're not relying on a ball to be just jumbling around and then tapping it in. Glad he did, but I mean, uh, there have been cleaner goals out. So I'd like to see more crispness or more creativity out of our corner kicks and uh, executing them as well. Yeah, he, he has been amazing this past week. I mean, j- just like Scott said, not, knocking the first one in for, for San Jose at home and then also doing a repeat in Oakland. I mean, the man owns the Bay Area. Let, let's put it this way. I mean, he was with the earthquakes. Now he's with us. So just give him the key already. I mean, he, he, he already has ownership of Contra Costa County and Santa Clara County. I mean, next, next month, hopefully we'll make it the same for Monterey County. I mean, he's just finding those opportunities, just getting in there, heading it right where it needs to go to get us on the board. I mean, without him, I mean, we, we didn't end up having, being on a O2 uh, streak. I mean, including the Open Cup. So I'm just glad we, he is just doing all the the heavy lifting. I mean, we're all we're a good share of it anyway. So great to have him going back to back as well as the team of the week honors. Yeah, he's really stepping it up when he needs to be doing so, and we're we're really glad because we know last season he was one of our MVPs basically, right? He's the guy who really stood out out of all the signings and we're forever thankful that uh, former earthquake uh, coach Matias Almeida didn't want him just because it didn't fit his team system and it just benefited us so greatly uh, that he chose not to want him. So that was that 1-0. I don't know how you guys felt overall, but first half, in my opinion, we did pretty good. In fact, it, it seemed like we were the locals versus Oakland, right? Up until I think the point where they get the penalty kick and, uh, you know, I, I'm curious to hear all your guys' thoughts, but I think first of all, I'll, 
uh, kick it over to Scott since, you know, he wasn't that far off from the action. But what, what were your thoughts uh, seeing this PK called out, Scott? Like, did you, from your angle, could you see how it was? Did you really think it was a penalty kick or what, what happened there? Can we cuss on here? We'll, we'll, we'll beep, but it, it's funny, actually. Yeah, so uh, I'll free. just use the letters BS. Obviously, the letters be nice too. <laughs> so yeah, that one, that one also was right in front of where we were sitting as well. <clears throat> I thought it was going the other way, like you ran into our keeper. Usually, the keeper gets the call. So, but it happened so fast. Maybe the ref saw something that he got there a little early. But it looked like the balls in between them. They both went for it. One guy fell down, and I think they both fell down actually. Actually, so I was kind of curious and like, uh, and that's how that VAR conversation came up, and everyone's like, "What's VAR?" So. That was another conversation, but um, I, I couldn't believe it was actually a PK off of that. I mean, I don't know if the guy was going to score or not, but um, I mean, Danny had like a pretty much a flawless game up to that point. And then even then, I don't think that was his fault or anything. So, but you know, you're in second division, you're going to get second division refs. So, I mean, it's, it's going to come and go. You're going to get some, you're not going to get some. I think this is definitely the one. Um we did not get the good side of, and I could definitely tell after the game, you know, the players usually say what's up after the game, pretty much 90% of them were just like, you could tell they were pissed because they busted their butts. I think it was the 82nd minute or 83rd minute. They scored that PK. So that whole game, they were just, they had them shut out. And so for it to come down to a keeper ran into a guy, both going for the ball. It's dude. It wasn't the keeper running into the guy. Look at how high his foot up. Look how high the striker's foot was. That's a kick in the gut with it, with the foot that high coming at the keeper. So everybody in our, we got to add Scott to our little private chat that we always have going on behind the game. Um, we all saw this and went, Nope. Even my sister separately was like, Nope. So you can kick the keeper in the belly, but you know, did did Danny have to touch the ball? It deflected. It went a different direction. I don't know. We didn't think, none of us thought it was a PK-worthy call. We thought it was, you know, it was a, a guy high kicking. You know, Danny had to probably shut his eyes. I don't know if he did or didn't. But, you know, it's like you, you see the collision coming. You're trying to stop the ball. The guy had the kick in the gut. Eh, we don't agree. And at least you might want to get the, uh, the buzzer ready, but... That referee was a certified graduate of the Melvin Rivas Institute of <laughs> Officiating. I mean, there, there was no other way about it. How is it the goalkeeper going to get take a kick to the stomach and get the p- penalty for it? I mean, this this harkens back to Kobe versus Bibby, a foul on Bibby for 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 breaking blood or whatever. This is not the way you referee. That was one of the worst calls this side of. Us going up against uh, uh, Orange County. I, I mean, what's the use of having a fishing if you're just gonna, you know, make make up any, any call you want? I mean, I mean, the, the body slam a couple weeks ago. I mean, I get because ultimately uh, Dougie ended up uh, going a little extracurricular. I get that, but this was just straight up kick to the stomach. I mean, the studs probably made like a. Little diamond or something like that on on his on his belly button area for for all we know, and they're gonna call and they're gonna call the goalkeeper yeah, for for that. I mean, I, I the only thing I can think of there's got to be some dispensaries uh, nearby for for the uh, the referees, but I know it's uh, speculation, speculation, BS, and all that. But I, I definitely disagree with that call. Yeah, it sure seems like uh, Melvin Rivas has an academy, <laughs> and uh, it's it's worrisome to to see that too. But until VAR gets established, which is probably never really going to happen in our league, uh, I think we're just going to keep seeing these things happen, right? Because players know they could do it, right? They know it's going to work, and they know once that penalty kick is called on, that they're not going to reverse it, right? Is there's it's not like, you know, the referee's going to have a second thought and be like, oh, you know what? I just realized I don't think it's actually a PK. That's that's never going to happen. And, uh, you know, for, for their luck, it happened. And I guess it also lends itself to it that the home team is losing 1-0. So it's pretty easy, I think, for a ref to give a PK when home team is losing and you're close to the end of the match already. So that that happened there, too. 
but then the PK shot gets done. And oh man, Danny V was so close to stopping it. And I don't know, Scott, over there with you guys, if you guys were thinking that Danny had already stopped it, because I know when I saw it uh, on TV for a split second, I was like, oh, I think he stopped it. And then you see it goes in and you're like, oh, how did that just go in? It seemed like Danny had taken care of his post right there. Yeah, he guessed the right way and everything. I don't know if he had it written on his water bottle or not, but he was he was on it. So I think it was just um, it it's, it just was maybe a little too fast or just perfectly placed. So like he can only cover so much space. So and he's not like six foot nine or whatever. So he's not the tallest keeper, but I mean, um, he guessed the right way. He guessed down low. So and like I said, I had this the glorious sound system in my way. So I saw him dive. And the ball kicked that way. So I'm thinking, all right, we got this. But then when they start celebrating, obviously not. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he's, I think he pretty much almost all the PKs I've seen that have been taken on him in matches, he's pretty much either guessed the right way or the right height. Like he's, he's not too far off. He doesn't get fooled very much. So I think if I want anyone in there for a PK, it's going to be him on the team. So if I've, I, I've listened to um, Connor podcast and Danny spends a lot of time studying um he's he does a lot of analysis prior to every match so he probably already knew of their team who would be the most likely person to take a pk or to take free kicks and essentially where they go so i knowing what he has said and i believe it to be true he 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 knew he already knew that if this is the pk taker um he already knew which way the guy tends to go and um, Danny studies Danny's a student of the game and self-proclaimed student of the game and and it shows totally shows anyhow so we ended up with the game being tied it's in the 80 what was it the 83rd minute when the PK was taken and so you know at that point in time uh it's like what what does the team need to do now going riding out the rest of the game do you put you know do you put in a couple of other players do you try to you know bolster the attack do you play an attacking style or do you just hold and play for a tie I don't want to say it that way but you know a lot of the times when the score gets tied up like this you don't want to give up anymore because you don't want to lose you want to split the point and even the announcers were talking the Sacramento announcers um Adam and uh, um, Scott were talking about, or Rob, sorry, um, they were talking about, do you just hold firm and play for the tie and split a point? Um, so I, I have a funny feeling this was not a bad result, given how we ended up having to play. So can we take a look at when we made some of our subs, Luis? So it looks like the first substitution, and I remember as I was watching the game too, I was like, Come on, coach. I think we should probably get a sub, right? And keep in mind, Red, this is before we got tight on. But just because you know that a lot of these guys had already had minutes on Wednesday and, you know, you're assuming there's some tired legs there. You're playing on an artificial turf as well, right? So there's a lot of factors, right, that go, go into that. But the first sub didn't happen until the 71st minute. Again, it's kind of an ongoing thing, right? We've talked about in, in previous seasons with Coach, right? He likes to do his late subs, but all right, we were winning, I guess. You know, we, we weren't uh, too demanding for this one, but uh, Roro got subbed in on, on the 71st minute, and then we saw uh, Ferretti Souza get subbed in on the 81st, as well as uh, Z-Man uh, and Malik Foster as well, and that... That was it. Those were the subs that, that we had. But more so, you know, the 81st minute with those three subs, they were more in response to uh, the goal that we had just gotten scored at, right? So a couple of offensive and a defensive uh, sub there with Ferrari and uh, Zico and Malik more forward-minded. So Coach, you know, still wanted to give them game, right? Even though we got tight on, it wasn't like, you know, he was making the team fall back right? Because he he's still had some pretty strong players up front get subbed in, right? Like Malik and uh, Zico. So props to coach, right? For not wanting to park the bus just to get the point, but for being like, you know what? Let's, let's go for it, right? Regardless if they score another one, oh, well, right? But, you know, we, we want to get those three points, so let's, let's keep at it. But unfortunately, the goal happened already late yeah. in the match. But 
and we're all still pretty high on Malik Foster. We know we know what danger he can create with his speed, you know, and and his vision and his his ability to drift. So um, I, I thought that was a, a good sub bringing in Malik. Unfortunately, he got a yellow card, but it's no big deal because he doesn't accrue a whole lot of yellow cards. So it's not like having a Luis Felipe accruing yellow cards or, um, you know, Matt LaGrossa or any, or Dan Casey. Those are the guys you don't want to have accruing yellow cards. You want them to be strong, but we need to have them at every single game, including this coming, um, including this coming Saturday. So I'm looking forward to talking about Saturday's match as well. Oh yeah. We want to make sure that we have them there. And luckily looking at like the, the top players around the league who have yellow cards, we don't have a Sac Republic player there. Luis Felipe hasn't made <laughs> an appearance there yet. So uh, that's good, right? Uh, that he, he hasn't been there. Although I do believe that he does have more yellow cards than Matt LaGrasse. So Sharon, uh, you and Jared are, are beating me on, on that competition. Woo-woo, not <laughs> the one I want to really be beaten on, but still. Um, and then we noticed that a, a, a former player of ours is uh, in there in the mix with yellow cards. So yeah. I'm trying to remember how many yellow cards you accrue before you have to sit a game. And I'm kind of got my fingers crossed that hmm, maybe this will be the game that he sits. Is it six, six yellows that you sit? I forget. Uh, I think it might be six. Yeah, it sounds, six, sounds six like it'd be about, about right. Yeah, well... Well, we never last season, we wanted to see the USL rule book. We never did get to see it to see what, you know, what the rules are for yellow cards. Scott, do you know what the yellow card is? Uh, is it six and you sit or is it more? Because we looked at the rule book. I honestly I thought it was a uh, five, but um, I could be wrong. I'm not a big rules expert. <laughs> five sounds about right as well. I think five or six actually don't sound like they're too, uh, like crazy. Yeah. To sound. Who's got red cards? We uh, Douglas Martinez has one, right? But there's a bunch of them that have one, right? So, I mean, we can't really say he's, like, leading the board because you have a bunch with one. Yeah. Um, but there is one guy from Monterey who has two red cards, Robbie Crawford. So, um, Hayden Sargis has a red card. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hayden. <laughs> oh, sorry, Hayden. <laughs> we still uh, love you. And and by the way, in, in yellow cards, there's two Republic, former Sac Republic players who uh, are in the leaderboard as well. There's also Frank Lopez with RGB Toros. He who shall not be named is on that list as well, it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Which, we talked, um... we just talked about it. <laughs> we were just former Sac Republic player. Yeah. Has, yeah. <laughs> and that we were kind of hoping that this weekend he would be uh what do you call serving his time but we don't know we don't know when he got his yellows we'd have to look at his last match to see i think it's six now it used to be five but that was a little strict i thought it was six because i remember luis felipe having to sit after he got 12 and then he you know and then he came back so i think it's six and then you get and then he got six more so he had to sit again well you know what he he might have to sit out because he got a yellow card or a mitch actually did against RGB Toros in this last game they played. So it's looking like he maybe does have to, because I feel like if it's seven, that, that's a lot of yellow cards to, you know, for the game. I think six sounds more reasonable. We'll find out more on that too. But if it is, then you know what? I'm starting to have a suspicion that he purposely got the yellow card just to not go back and hear all the backlash he would be hearing. I don't know, but... You just never know, right? Sometimes players know what happens, right? And they know that if they can miss out a game, they might do it. And even though as much as, like, he seems like the kind of guy who wouldn't care if he got booed and, you know, people were shouting at him throughout the whole match, but you just you just never know if he just didn't want to... He wasn't feeling like traveling to Sacramento. So, But it does play to our advantage, right? Because he is... a a really uh, strong player for San Antonio and, and he's a really important part of their team. So we'll, we'll see. But speaking of that, and th- this might change the bonus share now. Uh, I know you, you had brought it up before, but let's go ahead and, and look at our uh, competition that we have here on the podcast. Uh, of And we need to decide a name on it. Sharon, Jared, I don't know if you guys have any ideas, right? But I just have it right now as like the, podcast dinner competition but i love it <laughs> <laughs> the pod dinner 
that's a that's a that's a great name for what we're doing because essentially the points winner gets a dinner, you know, winner dinner, dinner winner, dinner winner dinner, pod dinner, pod dinner, pod dinner, dinner, dinner pod winner, pod dinner winner. Ooh, pod dinner winner. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, that's some bone to the point. There you yep. go. Yeah. Pod dinner winner. The pod dinner winner time. Competition. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. I, I'm Good. really we happy to have... mention this one. That's why you could hear it in me, right? I, I'm really, I mean, I, I wish that I wasn't this happy to mention oh, it. Oh, stop. Because oh, uh, stop. I, I wish I would have been wrong. <sighs> but I actually said we were actually going to tie 1 1. <sighs> but you didn't get the goal scorer. I didn't get the goal scorer, no. But thanks to that, I'm back in the lead. Uh, so I have five points. Sharon has four and oh, Karen has three. Just, you know, you are in charge of creating these podcasts, but can there be a raspberry sound that you put in, you know, <laughs> when, whenever you go into the lead is like me and Jared are like, I'll, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I could put, I could insert the, the, uh, whenever that happens. Sorry, Scott, so. we're dragging you along into our own little, you know, family feud here. Because <laughs> Luis, Luis has pretty much held the lead this whole competition. Family feud. But you, had you been in our competition at for the um, for the earthquake game, for the Open Cup match, you actually won because you picked two zeros, the scoreline. So we we're, I, if you listened to the last podcast, I gave you props in a weird way, you know, kind of underhanded. <laughs> I think I mean, I said something like that, Scott Bradford. I'll take what I can get, you know. I mean, I'll play along with you guys. I mean, so it's all good. <laughs> cool. Well, you're welcome to join us here, Scott, for this next prediction, for this next match that we're going to be doing for here. Um, so, again, it's uh, for the match this Saturday against San Antonio. Uh, what's your score line? Who scores first? And... To be determined, Sharon, if this is going to be the category or not, if uh, Mitch is actually going to be playing or not, right? Uh, whether Mitch gets a yellow card, again, in the event that he does play or he's not suspended. Game prediction, y'all take 1-0 us uh, with uh, Martinez scoring in his comeback. So assisted by uh, Roro even, I'll even throw in that. Woo, so, um, And then, yeah, obviously if Mitch comes back, definite yellow for sure. So, but otherwise... Uh, Pretty simple there. Well, I'll go next. I predict a 1-1 tie because we seem to be doing ties again. Darn it. And I don't want it to be a 1-1 tie. But And then I have actually Luis Felipe still sneaking it in the net because of the uh, Connors just recent podcast. They were talking about how they need their strikers to score. I don't think it's going to get figured out in a week. I hope it does. But they're actually our midfielders have been doing a lot of the scoring. So I still have Luis Felipe I know he just scored and, you know, it's kind of like roulette. Do you leave the, you know, red 22? Do you leave it right on red 22? Well, yeah, I do. I, I have Luis continuing to be on a hot streak. And if Mitch is playing, yep, he gets a yellow. All right. As far as the first goal scoring, I'm, I'm going to say Emil Cuello. But uh, I predict some more graduates of uh, Rivas' school coming out to play at this this weekend. And it'll end up being... 2-1 San Antonio, and yes, I say uh, Mitch gets a yellow. I would love to, for him to get a red, but at least a yellow, but I know we're just going to get screwed by yet another another phantom call. Uh, this, this academy's growing. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be. Well, Sharon's not going to believe this, and I, I, I swear that, you know, I... I this is what I had before, and maybe I should have gone first, but I actually wrote down the exact same thing that Sharon just said. One, one, Luis Felipe. <laughs> same exact thing. But I, I say that a Mitch does actually go, I, he doesn't get a yellow card. Uh, again, going back to the same reason that Jared just mentioned, because uh, Melbourne Rebus Academy is going to be in place. And according to their rules, Mitch does not get a yellow card. He, he fouls cleanly. So, but that's okay. So the, the caveat is if Mitch doesn't get a yellow card because he doesn't play, that doesn't, that doesn't count. It's only if he is on the roster and he doesn't get a yellow card. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Only, only if he, if he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause okay. Got yeah, it. If he's on the roster. Um, but if he's on the bench, 
it still counts because he's still legible to play whether he gets subbed in or not, right? Is that something we're we're establishing? Because I thought we said if he plays. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought it was if, if he, he just gets mid. All right, yeah, I guess that that's fair too. Yeah. <laughs> well, he would have to play in order to get a yellow. I mean, right? But the opposite. Luis is saying he doesn't get a yellow, and it it counts if he doesn't see the pitch, even though he's on the bench. Ah. Uh. See, so there's these fine lines of a contest right there. Yeah, and we can edit all that out. I mean, we're sitting here bickering like a family because we are. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, those are my rules. No, those are my rules. All right, we'll, we'll establish that. You know, if he does see minutes um, of, of any sorts, that's how it counts. Just to uh, make it fair for all everyone right. there. So, but, but we're going to find out if he's actually even available or not. Uh, but hopefully, he is. Otherwise. It's going to suck just to have a point away or a bonus point be out the door. But but we're going to keep doing more bonus points, though, as, as we go on, um, just to, just so we get more points, right? And standings uh, could be uh, a little bit more different than just one point away from each other, right? <laughs> so those are our predictions that, that we have. Again, none of us, uh, at least here on State of the Republic, see our team winning. But Scott has the winning faith of 1-0. And hopefully, again, as I always like to say, whenever we don't give a victory to Sacramento, hopefully we're wrong. And you're right, Scott, because that's the trend. That's what it's been like lately, where uh, listeners of the show say that we will win and we end up winning. And we're the ones that have this like pessimistic attitude, but we're fine with that because we... We'd much rather lose uh, this competition, but see see the team win. And I'm sure anyone here can agree with that. <laughs> so let's go ahead and take a look at, at the standings so far and how the hard things are looking like. Of course, with another tie, we hope we don't end up uh, turning into men's warehouse like last season where we had just a bunch of ties. And that's what ultimately ended up uh, kind of screwing us up a little bit when we wanted to get into playoffs. But the good news is that Despite the fact that, again, my ongoing rant on the fact that all the teams have different matches played and we're owed a couple of matches to catch up, we are in playoffs territory again. We're sitting at seventh place right now, just right there, right, just right where you need to be at to qualify for playoffs with 16 points and 11 matches played. Just above us is New Mexico with the same amount of matches played and 19 points and if we look at other teams above us, I mean, for the most part, you got El Paso with 14 matches played, right? Three more than we do, but they're only four points away from us. And then Phoenix Rising has uh, one more game than we do, uh, but they have 21 points. So they are five points away from us. So they're all still within reasonable distance uh, from us. And I think once we catch up to other teams, uh, you know, we, we should be above uh, some of these teams that have more uh, games than we do, especially Apostle, because, again, they have three more games than we do, and we're only four points away from them. So one would imagine that we'd be able to to catch up. But one thing that we do need to make sure is that we get that goal differential up, because right now, you know, we're one of the more lower teams, aside from Phoenix, which we all know what happened to them at New Mexico, right? lucky number seven unlucky for phoenix but lucky for uh new mexico that really boosted their uh goals in favor but we need to make sure that we get more goals because uh throughout the whole western conference and almost throughout the whole league right i mean luckily there's still a couple of teams in the east that are below us but we're we're one of the lowest uh teams in terms of uh goal scored in our conference so, you know, that we need to hopefully change that. Um, but on the flip side, we are one of the top uh, defending teams as well, right? There's only, I believe, two other teams in the Western Conference that have uh, less goals scored against. So we're one of those teams, right? Doesn't score that much, but doesn't get scored on that much. So, <laughs> yeah, we got to figure that one out. <laughs> so I found the rule on the yellow cards. Five, Ooh. they get a fine. Eight one game suspension oh wow okay well that's that seems really generous actually i know so at least i'm pretty sure this uh it was the old and the new rules 
five cautions, one game. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That was the old one. The new one is five total cautions. You get a fine. Eight total cautions, one game suspension and a fine. 11 total cautions, two game suspension and a fine. 14 total cautions, three game suspension and a fine. I don't know if that was ever exercised on Luis Felipe. Did we miss him for three games last season when he got his 14th yellow card? I don't I don't remember that happening. No. I don't even remember the one. <laughs> oh, I remember the I, I think I remember the one game, but wow. Okay. Well, we'll have to. I don't know. I don't know if Connor can verify any of that for us, but um, that's what I found on Reddit and it was USL pro. So, okay. Well, well, All right. th- there you have it. We're actually going to see Mitch then bonus point activated as long as he gets, of course, called up to play and he's and, actually there. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, thanks for going over all of the um, league standings and where we stand and all the nitty gritty details. You always have all that right there. So appreciate all of that. Jared, USL Unsolved Mystery. All right. Now, this week's uh, Unsolved Mystery. Now, this is just based off of what information I had available to me. So I don't have concrete information on this. I'm just going based off of what I've seen. So it could go either way. I had seen some uh, social media posts about uh, some accusations about the... uh, Tower Bridge Battalion on, on this past Saturday night. There was a blogger with one of uh, Oakland Roots uh, fan uh, uh, podcasts or blogs that was making accusations saying that TPB, TPB was breaking property and stolen items and, and things like that. And yet there was no proof given, no information, anything like that. So there's cor- correlation that this blogger was th- was seeing how Sacramento was the more prestigious club, saw it was more easy to, to just randomly throw out these accusations. Now, I've gone with TBB over the years, at-home matches, on the road, and the worst thing that's happened is, is maybe salty language. That's about it. That's the worst. I, if that's the worst I've seen out of TBB in, in all my years, you know, so be it, but there is no way that TBB would be destructive or, or anything of, of that nature because they recognize their guest in, in a, a road stadium. Would we want someone else like, say, well, just any other visiting as group to do that to us? No, of course not. So why would we want to do that to that to, to Oakland? There's, there's, there's no proof, whatever, and it's basically hearsay. So why is it that this that this blogger for for the Roots uh, fa- fans just up and dis- decide all this? It's I don't I don't know. I mean, I know ultimately with uh, what Scott had experienced, ultimately it was addressed and rectified, which which is great for for that portion. But I mean. Being having these accusations from from the home side, at least their their home fans, it does not make any, anyone want to go to those home games or be supportive of that club for for that matter. So, Mike, my, my mystery is why is it this particular blogger just so adamant that uh, Tower Bridge Battalion had done this, done that, and everything like that when it's completely false? I mean. There's no room for it. I mean, if if you don't like a supporter group, that's fine. There's there's banter, and then there's slander, which, in my opinion, and I'm no lawyer, this definitely falls within the slander range. I mean, if anyone has any additional information, I mean, more, more than welcome to, to let us aware of it. But I know TBB does not pull that crap. I mean, they, they're they're upstanding, willing to help and respectful uh, of other venues. I mean, maybe an occasional sticker slap here and there, but that's it. N- nothing more, nothing violent, no- nothing damaging or anything like that. Plus so, Rafe bear just got married. So, I mean, you know, he's calmed down. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. So whatever that, that uh, roots blog roots blogger is on, you might want to tone it down a little bit. And and also, if you're going to throw, throw out accusations like that, have proof. 
have information, have firsthand witness. Don't go run your mouth, you know, slandering a, a visiting supporters group because ultimately that could bite you in the ass. Yeah, no, but very well said too. I think if anyone has any proof of that, then you should actually share it and not just, you know, just share a, a message and, and just right away uh, blame it on, on someone because they, you know, probably know it could have happened, but it could have been someone else. Right. But first person they'll think is like, Oh, it's, it's away fans. Right. When it could have been a home fan <laughs> who did that. Right. Or even people who didn't even go to the match who were just around the block, right. Knocking windows down. So it's it's never good when they do those false accusations because we know social media and we know how quick things can travel, right? And how quick people can formulate ideas about and how quick someone could have the wrong impression of a supporters group or of another fellow fan instantly, right? So, yeah. All right. Well, any last final parting words? Again, thank you so much, Scott, for, for being on the show and letting us know your experience there at the game. But uh, any last words from you, Scott, Jared, Sharon? Go Republic. I second that. Yep. Go Republic. Third, go Republic. And I may have to repost some of those uh, San Antonio memes, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, yeah, here's a fourth go Republic. Uh, prove us three, Sharon, Jared, and I wrong and prove Scott right and, and get, get the win on Saturday so we can be uh, again, more prominent in the standings and feeling much more secure about that playoff spot. So <laughs> have a great night, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to us tonight. And uh, we'll talk to you on Friday with our town hall live show again. Uh, time to be determined, but hop on our socials so you can find out exactly at what time we'll be doing the show. And we'll see you next week here on State of the Republic podcast. And here comes the music. All right. So... Where do we go? Yeah, yeah. Sharon uh, was right. I was also laughing at that. And uh, enjoy it, Jared, right? Because, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't want to be in Arizona in July, right? <laughs> uh, unless like, Republic's playing there and it's like a playoff game, then maybe I do want to be there. But uh, In yeah. Flagstaff, where it's a little cooler. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not anywhere near Phoenix. <laughs> Give, um, give them a couple years. They'll probably end up having a stadium there. Give them a couple years. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, the, the stadium. They, they like to. They sure like to move around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like the uh, uh, globe trotters of Arizona, right? That's what Phoenix Rising is. <laughs> um, but except it's just in Arizona, right? The Arizona Trotters FC. That should probably be their new name. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't take a screenshot of that. Let me. <laughs> I didn't go into that much detail. Let me. Yeah. Here. Oh, blooper. Okay. okay. Uh, we're back. Yeah, okay. so. All right, let, let me act like I like I already had him on the screen before. <laughs> oh, yeah, good job. Thanks for bringing all this up, Luis. You know, you always have all the facts and figures going on behind the scenes. <laughs> And it's been a great podcast and it's been so lovely having Scott Bradford along. Yeah. Although we do have one more thing to cover too. Oh, uh, and yes. people can get mad at us if this doesn't happen because it's it's a great segment here on the show. And there's always something going on that we need answers to. 